0: Empowering college students to think, act, serve, and live. President Chris Petroskevich's vision for the University of Evansville on episode number 73 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble.
1: So it is uh, very much like the Methodist tradition, thinking about how we can educate the whole person. Uh, So we want to make sure that we're educating the mind. Primarily, that's what we think about in higher education. But we also want to make sure that we educate the mind and the spirit, and that fills uh, our hearts with joy.
0: You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Tremble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On to be encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. This is the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I am your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. On today's episode, episode number 73 of To Be Encouraged, we uh, welcome a special guest, President of the University of Evansville, Christopher M. Petroskevich. As we dive into this conversation, we will explore with President Petroskevich's his journey in education and his faith, which has led him to his current role as president of U of E. We'll also discuss the mission of the University of Evansville and how it aligns with the United Methodist tradition of holistic education. We'll also dive into the important topic of diversity and inclusion in higher education, highlighting the commitment of college presidents, including President Petroskiewicz, to provide pathways to education and economic opportunity for all. This is part one of a two-part series with President Petroskiewicz, episode number Part two of this episode will be episode number 74. Right now, get ready for an encouraging word and an enlightening discussion on today's episode of To Be Encouraged. Our special guest today is the president of the University of Evansville, Christopher M. Petrukevich. He is affectionately known as President P. on the U of E campus, He became president July 1 of 2018, and he's guided the university through some really challenging and unprecedented times, including getting getting through the global pandemic, established a strong framework of growth, and identifying the mission of the university. And the 18 words that are special to him and to the university are to empower each student to think critically, act bravely, serve responsibly, and live meaningfully in a changing world, Bishop Trible, can you welcome President Petrovich to our podcast here today?
2: Welcome, my President, President P, uh, and we're wel- We're glad to have you on the podcast, and uh, been looking forward to. I, I know I don't get to talk to you as often I'd like to, as I'd like to, but I keep up with all of the good work that's happening in Evansville, and particularly um, on the campus and through the student body and faculty of University of Evansville. So welcome to our podcast and thank you for your service.
1: You're welcome. And I got to tell you, it's it's uh, I'm always encouraged when you call me your president. So uh, that's a very good start.
0: (laughs) Well, you're my president, too, because I'm a U of E alumni and I don't get to talk to too many presidents of the university or even other alumni. Uh, I do have a U of E grad who happens to live right across the street from me, which is unusual in our community where I live in Indianapolis. But it's glad to have you with us. And President P, we, let's kind of start here by giving us a little bit of framework, a little foundation to work with. Tell us a little bit about your journey that if, in education and maybe a little bit about your faith journey that led you to eventually where you're at now at the University of Evansville as the presidency. Give us a little of the background story of you.
1: Well, a little different for me than most people that become presidents of a university. So uh, I grew up as a lawyer uh, practicing law in Washington, D.C., after having gone to three Jesuit universities. Uh, And so they helped shape my faith journey uh, and how we think about what we do at the University of Evansville. So it is uh, very much like the Methodist tradition, thinking about how we can educate the whole person. Uh, So we want to make sure that we're educating the mind primarily that's what we think about in higher education but we also want to make sure that we educate the mind and the spirit and that fills uh, our hearts with joy Uh, it makes sure that our students are doing the types of things that we want them to do in the community and uh, you know you mentioned the mission statement already Uh, you know I, I read a lot of mission statements a lot of them are 60 or 70 words and they include lots of different things in them yeah Uh, This one is 18 words and very meaningful for us that uh, we want our students to not only be successful in the classroom, but make a difference in our communities.
0: For for a lot of uh, organizations, both uh, educational and churches and otherwise, the mission statement is just tacked on a wall somewhere and it's kind of not really uh, adhered to. And I'm hoping in the part of our conversation we can understand how the mission statement we just mentioned is being applied uh, in practical and uh, meaningful ways, uh, not only university, but how it impacts way, way beyond. Bishop, I know you had a couple of things that you really wanted to chat with President P about.
2: Well, again, President P, uh, I just, just, just a quick reminder for all of us, maybe uh, not so much for you or, or, or even for Brad, but often I have to remind myself of our history and why we are even related to colleges or colleges are uh, related to the Methodist movement. The first rise of Methodism uh, took place at Oxford College, and it was Charles Wesley. We often talk about John Wesley more than Charles Wesley, who was a hymn writer and, and priest. Uh, but he assembled a small group of friends to attempt to grow, grow their faith using actually the discipline of the college or university, which meant rigorous study and accountability. So the Methodist Church really was born in a college uh, and they were first called Methodists It was kind of a pejorative term uh, because uh, people were teasing them, if you will, because they they kept meeting together, these holy clubs kept meeting together uh, for prayer and for service uh, to hold each other accountable. So our beginning as a church, we often don't talk about this, but the church movement that became Methodism actually began in what we would call now the university setting. And so fast forward, that's the 1700s, the mid-1700s, 1720s, and so forth. Fast forward to the 1800s, when we began and became a more formalized religion in America, uh, the early general conferences that uh, goes back back to 1820. Uh, the, the General Conferences basically mandated annual conferences to start colleges and universities. And so many of our schools that are related to or have a historical relationship, some of the first presidents may have been bishops. Uh, so uh, I say all that to say that when people, there are many students, probably the average student at the University of Evansville or any of our schools, most of our schools anyway, might not even know of the connection to the Methodist Church. Part of that is the fault of the church itself, because early on, the church basically said the primary purpose of Methodist colleges was to provide rigorous academic education and to make it accessible. So it never really was about proselytizing or or as a form of evangelism. Uh, But I think our relationships have continued in many places, including University of Evansville. There still is a formal relationship not just a historical relationship to United Methodists in in the annual conference so i think it's something worth celebrating uh, and something that I, me as a bishop from a confessional standpoint can say we've not always optimized that natural relationship uh, but that but it's always been both respectful affirming and and often helpful so i have participated uh I will be retiring next year but I've participated in an ins- installation of I'm trying to think four or five presidents of united methodist related colleges including uh it was my high honor to be at uh, Pres p's uh, uh installation uh as uh, the new president of university of Evansville and had a chance to to preach uh at at the a uh, service, uh, service that included his family and children who are now older now of course So my, my, I guess my question, the, the question I wanted to, that, that you could comment on anything I've said relative to that, P, but the, uh, this might take us in a different direction. I wrote an article a little, some weeks ago around the action of the Supreme Court. Uh, and I was trying to look at the end of the article uh, that if I could find it, um, where uh, basically I, I, I uh, gave a shout out and gratitude of affirmation the college presidents and leaders in the public and private sectors who've made it clear that there will be no retreat in the commitment to providing pathways of diversity and inclusion and accessibility to both education and economic opportunity. So as United Methodists, we're unapologetic about affirming affirmative action. I, I have a long history of uh, really working in that, in, in, the, in that space around social justice and affirmative action. And I do understand the the historical, sometimes the, the the swing the swings that we've taken his, historically, back and forth around what what constitutes advancing uh, the society towards uh, a more equal uh, equal basis. So, and I know in your circles you talk about this. You know, what does this mean? Uh, you know, uh, around. Uh, pursuing it, and I know University of Evansville, I just know this from the board meetings and and other schools as well. You know, we're always trying to do a better job both in faculty diversity, staff diversity and student body diversity. Some of that's accomplished through athletics, uh, but uh, you know, we're always trying to make uh, education accessible.
1: Well, you can count me as one of those presidents that believes that diversity is important Uh, not only in our colleges and universities, but in our society. And, uh, you know, the Supreme Court took away some of the arrows that we had in our quiver, but not all of them. And I think we can uh, navigate through the Supreme Court's decision, recognizing that we'll follow the guidance uh, and the dictates of the United States Supreme Court. But Justice Roberts gave us some avenues to make sure that we have diversity in our classroom. Uh, He said that you can't use race for race's sake, but you can utilize other factors in a student's background uh, that includes uh, diversity, uh, resilience, leadership skills, past discrimination as a way to demonstrate how that uh, would have an impact on admitting them to a particular college or university. So I don't think it was a blanket uh, ruling that says that you can't take that into consideration. It just can't be a plus factor anymore by itself. It has to be coupled with something unique or special about an individual who's applying to a university that we have to take into account. Uh, And there's a variety of different ways that colleges and universities are now adapting to the Supreme Court's ruling, uh, including making sure that we have access for socioeconomic diversity, something that uh, the University of Evansville has been doing for years through uh, an ACES Opportunity Grant program where uh, individuals, families who live in Indiana that make $50,000 a year or less can come to the University of Evansville and not pay tuition. Uh, That is for socioeconomic factors, but many of the people that are part of that uh, also have a racially diverse background. So I think there are ways that we will continue to make sure that the diversity of opinion in our classrooms, uh, whether racial diversity, socioeconomic diversity, gender diversity, uh, all continue to be something that uh, we hold dear here at the university, and we'll make sure that uh, we're complying with what the Supreme Court said, but recognizing that uh, Justice Roberts gave us an avenue to make sure that we continue to have some diversity in our classrooms. Mm
2: -hmm. Great, great.
0: Well, President, uh, the conversation we've had here about diversity leads me to, and and about the uh, imposition of, of the Supreme Court decisions and other things, leads me to think about the challenges that higher education and churches, for that matter, have in doing uh, doing work that is for a good thing, a greater a greater good. So, tell me about how you, as a university, through your strategic plan and other things, are beginning to navigate how to do life in a complex world, both politically and in the religious world. You know, in our United Methodist Traditions, we have our challenges as well. How are you navigating some of these challenges in order to achieve transformation, which I know is a part of what we're about in the church, and certainly it's mentioned in your uh, core values as well. How do you navigate some of these challenges?
1: Well, I think if you go back to the reason why the University of Evansville now exists in the city of Evansville, uh, we didn't exist here to begin with. We started as Moores Hill Male and Female Collegiate Institute, uh, in Moores Hill, Indiana, just outside of Cincinnati, and moved here uh, in 1917 because the city of Evansville raised $500,000 at a time which, in which the most they had ever raised was $125,000 to build a YMCA. And part of that is we feel like uh, they brought us here and we have a responsibility to give back to our community. Um, I know it's the second time I'm talking about our mission statement, but it's empowering students to make a difference in the world. Uh, Those 18 words can be condensed down to four or five Uh, we do that uh, as one of 46 colleges and universities in the world that uh, believe in uh, social uh, ways that we can uh, have an impact on our world Uh, and one of those is an ashoka changemaker designation so we ask our students to come here and make a difference in our communities and they can define that however they want to it could be here in evansville it could be southwest indiana could be the state of Indiana, uh, or it could be w- building water filtration systems in the Philippines mm. all over uh, 14 weeks. So I think the ways that we try to bring people together, uh, and sometimes our our broader world takes people apart, uh, is to uh, demonstrate that we can come together and, and have a difference. And recognizing that students don't uh, have 10 or 15 years to do that, they want to do it in a semester. So we've uh, worked with them to come up with ways in which 14 weeks, uh, they can make a difference here. And I think one of the biggest uh, ways that we've done that most recently is a promised neighborhood grant uh, for the University of Evansville, $30 million from the U.S. Department of Education. Uh, That's built around six schools, four zip codes and 12 census tracts, 18% of the Vandenberg County population uh, with wraparound care services from cradle to career. Um, and while it's tied to education becomes it because it comes from the U.S. Department of Education, I think most importantly it is designed to deal with intergenerational poverty. And we can't do that in a 14-week semester. We can't do that in five-year, which is the grant cycle. So I think the university is, uh, is in it for the long haul. Uh, to make change over two generations, that means a significant commitment for the university of trying to help our communities be a little better than when we started.
0: Yeah, Sounds like a big part of that is basically internships and other hands-on opportunities for students and faculty, and and th- th- therefore some sort of partnerships with the community and the for for uh, and beyond. Tell us, say a word about partnerships. How's that working there?
1: Well, I think it's working extraordinarily well. You know, one of the biggest outcome measures we have as a university is how many people are getting jobs when they graduate. Um, certainly sure. mom and dad want to know that. Sure. Uh, when, they, when they come and visit us, uh, 98% of our students have jobs or, or higher education, further education uh, after graduation. Uh, that means strong partnerships in the community because we must be doing something right if all of our students are getting employed or going to graduate school or going to medical school. Uh, and I think that is how we have related with our Evansville community and, and more broadly, uh, is our students, uh, 95% of them do an internship while they're here. So you know they get to use the, get to use the community as a classroom uh, a little bit more than uh, perhaps some others. Uh, they do great work in the classroom, but I think a lot of the work about how they help resolve real world problems and, and issues uh, is something that has made a difference for us as a university.
0: Well, it's, uh, and that's f- fabulous. And I'm uh, totally supportive. I really believe in partnerships with the community. I know that bishop does too. Many of our other guests we've talked to here have talked about those types of things. Well, let's talk about relationship now. You know, relationship, uh, University of Evansville is a United Methodist Church related institution. And, uh, uh, Bishop Trumple and I are United Methodist clergy and part of this world that is changing with lots of stresses and strains on our United Methodist system and other stresses and strains in the higher education as well. Let's talk about where there can be some try to understanding uh, between those, or maybe there maybe were some differences that we need to to talk about, but wh- how would you just kind of uh, give us some assessment as it were of the state of the, uh, the relationship between University of Evansville and the United Methodist Church as it stands right now with some of our challenges, which we can talk about, and maybe just a little bit about higher education in general in the United Methodist Church. Could you say a word about that? we the at the state of, state of the relationship.
1: Well, uh, Bishop Trimble and I have a, an excellent relationship, and I like to think that I know I can pick up the phone and give him a call anytime I want to. And uh, I I won't speak for him, but I'm pretty sure that he would say he would be able to do the same thing. Uh, We have a great relationship with uh, Reverend Andy Payton uh, at Methodist Temple across the street. He spends a lot of time uh, on our campus uh, working with students of all faiths. So uh, we believe in inclusiveness uh, at the University of Evansville, uh, whether religiously based uh, or any other factors that students come to our university with. Uh, and i think that's exactly what uh, bishop trimble and i have talked about in the past which is we want to be an open and welcoming place for uh, all people as part of our university and uh, you know if you can't have tough conversations on a college campus about about different things happening in the community i'm not sure where else you can have them mm. uh, so we encourage people to uh, to th- to uh, be able to share what they're thinking about uh, to be able to share it in a safe space where uh, they feel like they uh, can have a conversation about things that uh, otherwise might be more difficult, uh, and that we want to make sure that we're supportive of that. Uh, so I think that that follows the Methodist values that we have uh, here as a university and uh, have a great person who is our vice president for talent and community and our chief inclusion and equity officer. So his title is about as long as my last name, I think.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Bishop, uh, I'm sorry. He he makes sure that we're doing things the right way.
0: There you go. Bishop, once you jump into this conversation, what's your understanding of the state of a relationship between University of Evansville and and United Methodism, particularly on maybe a little broader spectrum about all the United Methodist institutions in the state and and beyond? Give us a little bit of your take on the relationship there.
2: Well, I I think... um, uh, my president, Pres P., is, has a little more grace than I have, and he's very more tactful. He's, he's been trained in both as a college president and as an attorney. So my, I, I usually like to use stories, but, but um, I, I would say, you know, probably in all honesty, I think the board, and I can't speak for all the board, they probably would prefer if m- my presence or United Methodist presence was more visible and active. Of course, we do have board representative John Schrader, for example, and others who are who are Methodists who are very active. But the the, the case across the country, as we talked about this in the Council talked about this in the council of bishops, as much as we love having schools that are United Methodist related, we know that it is the the relationship has waned a bit over the course of time. There used to be a time, Fred, you and I are old enough to remember when annual conferences had in their budgets significant dollars to support campus ministry or full-time chaplains. I was or, a beneficiary uh, of that myself back then. Yeah, the you know, or, or endowed yeah. chairs for theology and religion and so forth, or mm-hmm. camps and so forth. Now there's still those some of those activities like camps and re- retreats and and um our cabinet has been on the camp all of the campuses at some point to meet. So but one of my favorite proverbs is an Ethiopian proverb. I think Presby's heard me mm-hmm. This, and it says that which we hope for is always better than what we have. So I, I look at it from the standpoint I desire, and some of this will happen post my time, that we have an actually stronger relationship. And I'm using this in the broad sense, not just the University of Evansville, but Indiana is blessed to, to have three universities that, that have a relationship with our annual conference. And Indiana is a, school, a state with a lot of colleges and universities. I I happen to believe, Brad, as you probably do too, we could be doing a better job if we had a tighter, uh, more defined relationship in terms of helping to promote University of Evansville as a wonderful option, helping to connect students when they leave home, uh, whether they're particularly United Methodist students, uh, not only to consider, say, University of Evansville or another school we're affiliated with, but to stay connected and help promote recruiting students to to uh, the colleges, many of the, many of our our students end up going to a ball state or or IU without ever considering the possibility of a school that's going to guarantee them an internship or guarantee them an opportunity to go to to go to uh, England and spend a semester on the on the campus there. So there are a lot of a lot of assets we have, and of course the university has that we have not. Accentuated one of the challenges in recent years since I've been in Indiana, for example, is that our our colleges and universities are clear about their statements of inclusion uh, and welcoming all people. And and our church, Brett, we have to confess, based on actions of our General Conference, you know, we still we say we we say on one thing, one hand, we welcome and affirm all people are all people are of sacred worth, no matter their religion, their color, their ethnicity, their their sexual orientation, but then on the other hand, there are things that are prohibited based upon sexual orientation. Uh, and so that that's kind of, a, a few years ago, that was one of the things many of the college presidents asked me about, where's the direction of the church? Now we kind of sense now that, that the direction of the church is, to, is based upon the churches that are leaving, who are more conservative, who are fearful of us becoming more welcoming, I'm I'm glad to say that we're moving in that direction of of greater inclusion, Uh, uh, but but I think part of that inclusion is to making sure that we really make a difference in our communities where we are, and that we're unapologetic about our institutional relationships. So I look at the University of Evansville, and 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 Pres P is right. We have a good relationship. I talked to my wife about this, you know. I mean, I know about his his family and his children. I, I, you know, he hears about, you know, we know, we know, we know where to get a good pair of shoes from. So there are things that, that, that we share in common uh, uh, and I know if I call his office, I won't put, be put on a two month waiting list and the same thing here. But that's different than the possibilities that exist with the kind of faculty expertise they have, uh, the kind of research we want to see happening across the kind of things we're, we're doing in, in the Evansville community of many of our we have a lot of churches in that community that we, that we're not really taking advantage of our relationship uh, uh, in ways that we possibly could. I don't put that that's not the president's fault. Uh, it's not all the bishop's fault but more so the bishop than the president. and um, since I don't have an extra 30 million dollars from Lily or anyone else, uh, uh, I do think that some of those things can happen, and, and we're in fact we're in conversation uh, across the church around looking at some strategic ways in which we might really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's not so much getting more people to join the Methodist movement, but we believe that our values, as Presbyterian already said, really, really are are complementary of the schools in which we have a historic relationship with. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and there are people. Who, when they come to school, they come with some—they come with spiritual history as well. Sometimes with no spiritual history, but spiritual hunger. People come to colleges, students come to college with either spiritual history or spiritual hunger, and some of that ends up being played out in some of the tremendous emotional needs that are now presenting themselves. As I talked to one president uh, who was saying that—I don't know if it was you, president I P—I don't think. They said if they had ten more people to add to their staff uh, to provide counseling, that that wouldn't be enough. You could never do that enough. And it's just a different society than when the three of us went to school. Particularly you and I, Brad, went to school. The pressures that, and the way in which yeah. the young people experience community is different. You know, some of it is the good and the bad of of, of, of technology and the platforms yeah. of communication.
0: We're going to hit the pause button right there on this conversation between Bishop Julius Trimble, U of E President Christopher Petroskiewicz, and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Meller. This concludes this part of the uh, the interview. We will pick it up, part two, which is episode 074, on the next episode of the To Be Encouraged podcast. So you don't want to miss that. Part two of this the conversation, episode number 74. As we conclude this episode, let's just take a minute to reflect upon the insights that we've learned here today and the takeaways that have come out of this conversation. There are at least three key points that I really would like for you to take away from this conversation. Number one is the power of education and faith. President P., President Chris P.'s unique journey from practicing law to becoming the president of a university highlights the intersection of education and faith. and the United Methodist tradition of educating the whole person resonates in deeply with the mission of the University of Evansville, where the students, according to President P., are encouraged to think critically, act bravely, serve responsibly, and live meaningfully in a changing world. Number two, the significance of a concise mission statement. Uh, In today's world, a lot of times a mission statement tends to be lengthy and complex, and and, uh, President P. emphasizes the power of simplicity. The University of Evansville's mission statement—it consists of just 18 words—encapsulating the university's commitment not only to academic success but also to making a positive difference in the community. Number three is a commitment to diversity and inclusion. Bishop Tremble and, and President P discussed the importance of creating pathways of diversity and inclusion in education. And they acknowledge that while progress has been made uh, diversity. So as we wrap up this episode, this conversation between Bishop Tremble and myself and President Christopher Petrovich, I think it's a reminder of the transformational potential of education, the value of a clear and concise mission statement and the importance of diversity and inclusion. And the implications of that, not only to the University of Evans, but also for individuals and organizations and our church, which is striving to make a difference in our communities. And the partnership between the church and the university is something that we need to continue to lift up. So it's an encouraging conversation with President Chris Petroskevich about leadership. And we continue to seek ways to empower others to make a positive impact and work towards a more inclusive and just world. Just a reminder that this is uh, part one of a two-part episode with uh, President P. Uh, part it is uh, episode number seventy-four to be encouraged. So look for links of that in the show notes. For Bishop Julia C. Tremble, I am Reverend Doctor Brad Miller. Thank you for joining us on the To Be Encouraged podcast, the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. Until next time, remember to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website to be encouraged.com that's t-o-b-e-e-n-c-o-u-r-a-g-e-d.com or connect through apple podcast where you can follow rate and review to be encouraged with bishop julia c trimple when you do that you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world remember to listen next week, to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble, and never forget, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it.